This episode of Unlocked is brought to you by ForHims.com. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked. It's IGN's Xbox show, the number one Xbox show in the world. Uh, we've got a lot to cover this week. Lots happening in the world of Xbox. We're going to talk about the new Halo game that was announced. Yes, a new Halo game, not Halo 6, but we'll tell you all about it anyway. Uh, plus, Square Enix may have had one of their E3 announcements uh, outed by uh, by a copyright. The top selling games for April, we'll go over those. Uh, we've A few of us at the table have played both Kingdom Hearts 3 and Call of Duty Black Ops 4. We'll talk about those games and a lot more coming up on this week's show. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my right this week, Miranda Sanchez. It's always Hello. it's right or left. Yeah, changing every week. Yes, <laughs> uh, and well, making what I believe is his unlocked debut. Second time. Second yeah. time. I, I think last time was also for Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> if, I, if I remember correctly. It's all it's all good. Jonathan Dornbush, good to have you good here. Good to be here as well. And Bobby Amos my jumping back time. in as well. Ooh. Yes, and I'm talking about Call of Duty again. <laughs> time. Uh, You're the expert. We okay. have so much to talk there's about. There's no one better in this building to talk Call of Duty than oh, you. So I appreciate good. you being here. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk. We got we got some. Uh, I know you're a sports game guy like me as well. We got a little sports game fun to talk about, plus a little Halo as well. But I did want to start with Kingdom Hearts. Jonathan Dornbush. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Your face lit up. I do. I, I do like those games. You I love heard. it. So uh, I am IGN's E3 judge. Last week was Judges Week, which is sort of a weird little sneak preview of E3 or. Uh, go spend uh, literally all day in presentation after presentation checking out a bunch of E3 stuff. Super helpful for award consideration and all that, but uh, it also allows us, when the embargoes lift, <laughs> to talk about some of these games as well. And Jonathan, the last event of Judges Week capped the week off with the first ever public hands-on of Kingdom Hearts 3. You wrote up a, a big piece uh, as well as Rory Powers from our UK team worked together. Uh, this you've been you to say you've been waiting a long time for this is maybe the understatement. Of it's the been show. a while, yeah. It's it's been a little bit of time, uh, which made it very surreal to actually play this game to, and know that it's real and not hey just. Like, are yeah. you sure you weren't drugged and drunk? You played it <laughs> yeah, because uh, I still don't believe in this game. I I was telling people like I had this moment when I was sitting down to play it, just thinking, am I going to wake up from a dream right now? Like, is this going to be fake? This ca- I've been waiting five years since the announcement. That's what I actually wanted to ask yeah. you. Set the context for because you know this. This is a series that uh, has not been on Xbox. Sure, yeah. Until now. Yeah, which is so very Yay, interesting. I'm so happy. Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced when? So Kingdom Hearts 3 was officially announced at E3 2013. Wow. I believe it was 2013. So it's in the below class of, yeah. of <laughs> games. We're still waiting for below as well. Yeah. That was from E3. This year. Yes. <laughs> Two it's E3 all happening. Yes. It's the year, finally. The year, the year of dreams finally coming true. <laughs> Yeah, it uh so it's been 5 years since that release. They've occasionally shown a new trailer here or there or revealed a new world, but this is the first time they've actually shown gameplay fully and let people go hands-on with it uh and actually know how it feels yeah. compared to the rest of the series. So because Kingdom Hearts makes no sense if you have no context for it, it's a JRPG action JRPG where unique square bespoke characters cross yes. with 
with a wide swath of Disney characters for some reason. Yeah, so if you, if you <laughs> haven't played any of the Kingdom Hearts games before, we won't go into the full story because we'll be here for a very long time. <laughs> we need to get it down before in like a Snapchat video or something. Yeah, we do. Have a, we have a few videos on Soul. Ryan laughing at it because it was just he was at the whiteboard doing it, and he's like, "And that's Kingdom Hearts," and it was just like all of this different drivers just running all over. Like, okay, and that that's the most words I've ever said without taking a breath, and it was very difficult but very wow. fun. But essentially, um, the games are about Disney characters and Final Fantasy characters coming together with an original story uh, focused on a young boy named Sora who gets a Keyblade and he has to go around saving all these worlds. There's a lot more to it, and it goes very in depth. There are multiple sequels and offshoots and prequels that really, really deepen the mythology and sometimes make it very confusing. But Kingdom Hearts 3 is essentially supposed to be the culmination of all that's come before. They yeah. really talked about this being the resolution. So it's something Ooh. fans have been waiting for a long time. So I played it as well. Yes. Uh, and so I, you and I actually haven't really sat down and talked about this because uh, I, I was curious to your – we have – we're like – Totally representing the full spectrum here. You are the Kingdom yeah. Hearts super fan. I've never played any of them. Yes, yeah. So and I'm very curious for your take on it because I can imagine there will be a lot of people, at least in the Xbox audience, who maybe yeah. haven't owned PlayStation. Yeah, or it's, this is not where things. you start. Like, yeah. do not do not jump, jump into Kingdom Hearts three because you're going to be completely lost. And nothing's going to make sense. It's not going to impact you the right ways. Yeah, which well, is I did. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah. how did you feel about it, Ryan? So it's it was two, the demo was two slices. There was yeah. a, a boss battle in the Hercules Disney Hercules world. Yes. Uh, and then uh, and then sort of a quest adventure in the, the Toy Story world. I did the Hercules one first. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, my overall impression was it was fine. Like I, I, I it was hardly bad at all, but I I'm not one over. I'm not suddenly a Kingdom Hearts fan where I'm like, oh, wow, I can't I need to play all these. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Like it. I really liked a lot of uh, a lot of it, including. Probably first and foremost, just the attention to detail with the art style and the visuals, like the art direction of, mm. of uh, you really feel like you're in the, the world yes. of these films. Seeing which, the Toy Story world come to life and g- going in Andy's room and being yeah. able to explore that area and to be able to go to this giant toy store that sort of extrapolates the idea of Toy Story. I thought they brought that world to life so well. Yeah. So I super like that. Um, the characters all look great. Uh, didn't there wasn't a, it wasn't there wasn't enough context in the slice to get to know the square characters yeah the new the characters that were new to me but um you know the combat I I was pleasantly surprised uh I I just didn't know that it's it's very much an, an action RPG it's mm-hmm. not yeah. just like it's run always, through the world and then suddenly you're thrust into a turn-based battle. It's right. not sure. that at all. Yeah, it's always been that way too. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of maybe one of the bigger appealing things. Like for me when I was younger, I really was interested in Kingdom Hearts, but never really took the dive because I thought there were too many. I didn't know where to start. Yeah. With Kingdom Hearts, at least, or sorry, with Final Fantasy, I didn't know where to start. But with Kingdom Hearts, it was easy because it was a little bit more appealing because of that action. Um, and it was introducing so many worlds that were already familiar to me. And so... The action definitely makes it more digestible, I think. Yeah, and so you know, the, so that was easy enough to pick up and play and have mm-hmm. some fun with. And I like that you sort of build up special attacks, which are unleashed in the form of these attraction rides. Yes, <laughs> which are it's like a 
like a train from the Main Street Electrical Parade. Yes, no, so it's a sort of separate. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a lit up Big Thunder Mountain Railroad train. In the Hercules fight, it's a Big Thunder Thunder Mountain Railroad train. Yeah, Uh, there's (laughs) one that is uh, the Grizzly River Run. Is one of the rides. Oh, there, that's so cool! There are a few others. Yeah, yeah the Grizzly River w- Run is really interesting because you essentially you get on a raft and you're hopping around and you're creating a water trail. And the attack's finisher is you ride that trail all the way back and attack any enemies that are still waiting in that path. Ooh, yeah. Whereas the the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is you're riding the train. It's sort of on rails. Because we've seen yeah. that in trailers before, and I was wondering how that actually applies to the combat. And yeah, like. some really of them neat. some of them are in context to the fight. Like the Hercules one is very much it's for that fight, the Big Thunder Mountain, whereas you could summon the Grizzly River Run, you could summon a pirate ship that swings back and forth that can attack enemies. Yeah. Those were more just you had those at your disposal depending on how you amped up your attacks okay. within battle. So so yeah, I liked a lot of that. I um, the Basically the two, I would say, big criticisms I would have of, of playing it for the first time with no context, sure. just throw, yeah. jumping in, uh, the... The pacing of the dialogue just was off to me. In the sen- and, I, and what I mean, what I mean by that is, in you know, so Woody and Buzz in particular have uh, sound-alike voice actors in this mm-hmm. game. They didn't get Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, which is totally understandable. Those guys would probably cost millions of dollars sure. each. Yeah. Um, although at this point, what's a few more million dollars on top of the <laughs> long development cycle? But probably cost a little. Yeah. Not really my. That's not really my uh, place to to judge in that in that regard. But soundalikes themselves sounded pretty good. But the I guess just the nature of this being a very long role playing game, the the dialogue is sort of very like, okay, uh, Woody, let's let's get out and do this thing. Great buzz. I think that's a pretty good. Whereas in the films, just by nature of it being a, a very tightly knit, you know, ninety-minute film, it's just like quick, quick, quick dialogue. So it was that was a little. I just wasn't used to seeing the characters sort of interact that that way. Sure. I guess. Yeah. So that was maybe I just get used to it after I've been playing it for five hours. Even yeah. I, I played for forty-five minutes. So that was that in between you running between places, or was that like a cutscene? Both. Yeah, okay. all of the above. That's just sort of it's it's just a it's got more of a video game pace, yes, the dialogue right. than it does the films. So that was a little weird to me. Uh, and I mean, I, I couldn't help but notice that it's not Tom Hanks and, of course, and yeah. Tim Allen, which you know, you know, I guess you just have to get over that. But uh, and then the other thing I thought so in the Hercules demo, which was the separate demo, it was just this big rock monster boss fight. You literally run up the sides of cliffs to get to it, and I thought it was not a good boss fight. It's you. Uh, you just hack and hack and slash at its feet until you can trigger special attacks mm-hmm. to try and finish it off. And I was just like, that was that was just not that super fun. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I could see. I don't know about you, like Bobby, but for me, I could see uh, my daughter super wanting to just watch that game. Right. So I I might end up playing it just to play sort of with her, even though I'd be mm. doing the playing, she just yeah. wants to watch it because yeah. of all the Disney stuff. And I'll just like, it's this it's a crazy, yes, yeah, so oh, like this yeah, crazy sort of family friendly Disney story. Like I could see her really wanting 
me slash us to play that game. Yeah. I, I ain't played by themselves because, I mean, <laughs> it's not really my cup of tea, but I'm yeah. figuring, you know, my six-year-old, he's getting more advanced and, like, wanting to play on the consoles and things. Can he just jump in and go I, run around and do stuff? I think so, yeah. See, yeah. my daughter, she's also six, but she's she just hasn't quite shown the interest in wanting to play herself yet. She likes to watch watch me play, whether it's, in fact, uh, just before I left for Judges Week, the, since I've last been on this show, um, I had my Xbox home screen up. I forget what I think I might have been installing State of Decay 2 or something at the time. And, you know, it's all just the game tiles of everything that's on my Xbox. And she saw the one for the Maw, which was Twisted mm-hmm. Pixel's first game mm-hmm. from Xbox Live Arcade. And it's the Maw, if you don't know, I mean, it's, first of all, it's excellent. And it's this giant, adorable, blue, like round monster with a big tongue hanging out. Uh, that that eats stuff and gets bigger and bigger, and that's the sort of whole hook of the game. But she's like, oh, can we play that? <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Took Aww. three seconds to install because it's an old 360 Live Arcade game. And we were back in there, and she was having a good time watching that. So, yeah, it's it's cool to hear that that your son is is actually wanting to go ahead and play. I'm not quite there yet. But, yeah, I think he could totally – It's because it's an action RPG, not a complex battle system okay. – he could totally hop in there yeah, and have and a good time with it. There's a lot of different uh, like magic and special abilities and all these different attacks that you can trigger, but I think especially on like an easy mode, it's, yeah. it's definitely they have children in mind for playing okay, this. Cool. Like obviously, there are people who've grown up with the series and they are targeting them too. But there's no doubt, like when you have a Disney property, you do want people of a younger age to also have it accessible for them. And I think this game definitely will be. Jonathan, what worlds do we know are in the game so far? So right now we know uh, Olympus will be involved, as we saw in the demo. Yep. We know Toy Story, which is a officially called Toy Box now. Um, we know that there will be a Tangled World. Uh, we also know there is oh, a... she'll like that. <laughs> That's going to go over well. Uh, so we know <laughs> that and uh, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider will be your party members in that world. Uh, there's also going to be a Big Hero 6 world, which they've only oh, shown wow. they've only shown a single piece of concept art since they announced it in, I think, 2015. And since then, they yeah. haven't shown anything. So my guess is it's either one of the later game levels or one of the more complex levels that they're just holding off. Hopefully until they, they didn't scrap it. <laughs> no, they, it's still in the marketing. It's still there, okay. Things, Big Hero 6 and all these things. Yeah. And then a couple of the original towns and worlds of Kingdom Hearts will still be in there too. There are likely still worlds we don't know, and they integrate Disney characters through other means, like summons. Um, which Monsters are, Inc. Too. Yeah, Wreck-It Yes, Ralph. excuse yeah. me, Monsters Inc. Too, um, which is the most recently revealed one. So they're they're definitely leaning into a little more Pixar this time around uh, because this is the first time there's a one of the numbered Kingdom Hearts games since Disney acquired Pixar. Mm-hmm. It's actually been that long between two and three. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, but they are integrating characters uh, like Wreck-It Ralph and Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and there have been Little Mermaid worlds before. Uh, so they're definitely trying to bring, I think, as much Disney as they can. But there is a heavy focus on newer Disney for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I liked it. I didn't sure. love it from yeah. that initial impression as the Kingdom Hearts newbie, which maybe I'm going to speak for a lot of Xbox players out sure. there on this. So the Kingdom Hearts super fan, <laughs> what does the Kingdom Hearts super fan think? So I enjoyed it a lot. You can read my very long preview <laughs> on the website. Um, and as you said, Rory Powers did an excellent video preview that goes along with it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I totally understand your criticisms. Uh, there very much is a slower pace with the dialogue. And I think, especially at a preview event where I know that like time is limited, I almost felt like, okay, I'll watch this later. I want to get to what I'm playing just to, because it's very, the cutscenes this time around were very much about the story of the world and not the story of the larger game and the franchise. So we didn't really learn that much about how this extends the Kingdom Hearts story necessarily. Mm -hmm. That was one of my misgivings. For the 
Hercules fight. I also I felt it was weird that it only basically brought you from the feet to the head. Um, I wish there were a, a few more stages of that fight because yeah. they have had Titan fights before. Yeah, that games. sounds like it might be just a super early fight to get you used to like the new mechanics of I, the rides being an element. Exactly. In I think the Hercules fight is that world is one of, if not the first worlds in the yeah. game based on the story that they've set up. And it also very much, I think the point of the demo was to show you the scale of this game mm-hmm. because I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways that I loved about this demo was the scale of the worlds. For me, Kingdom Hearts 1 had a lot of verticality to it, but it was a lot of closed off rooms, whereas mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 2 had a lot of like open spaces, but you just kind of ran through them attacking and then you ran to the next room and attacked and there wasn't a lot of exploring. This one feels like it marries both of those things really well together, especially in that Toy Story world. And as, like I could only imagine as a kid jumping five stories up through this Toy Story world, seeing all the toy stands and being able to – you can hop in a giant mech toy yeah. and you can fly yeah, from that was story. Fun. You can go from story to story and it can fly into the like children's uh, playroom section or you can go to all the action figure section. They have like cool little Easter eggs in there like the city of Final Fantasy toys are in the Toy Story world. <laughs> and so they really – it seems like they're fleshing out these worlds and making them – worth exploring and especially because they limited what we saw in the demo because there's a lot of behind the scenes RPG mechanics of leveling up and accessories and all those things that wasn't in the demo at all but they I assume they're going to be in the full game so the world was limited in terms of what you would find but there were hints that you definitely can find a lot within these worlds so I was really appreciating at least on the level design because so many of the Kingdom Hearts offshoots have sort of been on smaller or handheld systems so they've been limited in their scope but this time around there's a lot to explore, which is great. So they haven't announced the release date yet, but no. uh, Square Enix is holding a uh, sort of a streamed E3 briefing, yes. yeah. kind of Nintendo Direct yeah. style. I think it's highly likely we'll probably get a release date there. But yeah. have so, they said this year? Are we all just hoping so it's said, this year? Yeah. They have said. Yeah, they said 2018 at D23 last year. And okay. at the event, um, we were at different sessions, but at the event I was at, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, the director of the games, said – we're expecting to reveal the date next month, like barring any crazy mishap. Which would be E3. E3, exactly. <laughs> and there's there's the Square Enix event. There is the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra, which is also the Saturday before E3. Cool. It kicks off then, and that's where they revealed their big trailer last year. Mm-hmm. So my guess is if it's not the date, it will likely be a trailer. But that's such a fan event. I could see them actually using it even then. And there's, of course, also the big conferences. Nice. Uh, All right. Real quick, before we continue, I've got to say that the podcast is feeling more like a real show than ever because I'm actually going to do a live read on a sponsorship right now. This is for our male listeners, and it's brought to you by 4 A not-so-fun fact, two-thirds of men experience hair loss by age 35. Unfortunately, by the time a lot of guys notice, it's usually too late. So if things are getting a bit thin up top or that hairline is a little farther away than it used to be, or maybe you've even seen bald spots popping up, you have the power to do something about it. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. ForHims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that maybe you're too embarrassed about to handle in person. No waiting room, no doctor visits, no snake oil pills or supplements they sell behind the counter at gas stations. These are prescription solutions backed by actual science. 
It's easy. You visit 4hims.com, answer a few questions, a doctor will review and can prescribe accordingly, and products are shipped directly to your door. While supplies last, unlocked listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they head to 4hims.com slash podcast unlocked. This would cost hundreds of dollars from a doctor or pharmacy, so 5 bucks for your first month is a steal. Again, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash podcast unlocked. Thanks. Now back to the show. <laughs> one of the two, yeah, one of the two biggest games from last week at that Judges Week. The other one uh, was Call of Duty Black Ops 4, huge gameplay reveal event. Bobby, uh, appreciate you coming down to, to L.A. with me. We were, we were hanging out in Hawthorne in an airplane mm-hmm. hangar right next to Elon Musk and SpaceX right. and Tesla, <laughs> right? Li- they were literally next door. Oh, yeah, I saw um, your photos. <laughs> and so a uh, lot, of, lot of Call of Duty community members there, yourself included, obviously, you played a ton of this series. You finally got your hands on the sticks for four. They got a lot of changes going on. Right. Uh, I I caught some flack from a lot of Call of Duty community members on Twitter because I thought after watch before I played it, but after watching the presentation, I thought, oh, there's some you know there's some kind of Rainbow Six Siege vibes going on here with you know basically operators right. that have different uh, abilities and and the way they complement uh, each other and. I didn't mean it as an insult. Boy, some people got <laughs> salty about that. Uh, but then I played it, and it still, it still felt very Call of Duty to me. What did uh, you so, think? I've been um, playing for a while. So, no Battle Royale. We didn't get to play that. Blackout, we, yeah. And, yeah, Blackout. We didn't get any uh, zombies. So, none of that. But, yeah, the multiplayer was there. We got to play uh, TDM, uh, Domination, Hardpoint. And then they didn't even mention the new game mode, but it's Control. Which is basically a mosh pit of, I guess you say, search and destroy and hardpoint at the same time. But uh, going into it, you just like, okay, I just want to play, just want to play. And you got in, and the first thing you notice is like, okay, it's all these different things on the screen. Now you got health bars, and then it's this thing over here going on, and you just, you just, I just want to shoot some people. (laughs) And yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of new changes to the gameplay. You're like, it still moves like a Call of Duty game, like it's still fast paced. But now it's just more of this tactical vibe to it where you're like, okay, now I have to stop and, and do this. Like, especially with the, uh, the health. Now it's yes. not automatically regenerating. You have to stop and use a stem and poke it in the arm. And at that time, your gun is down. And you're yes. like, okay, do I want to finish this gunfight or do I want to like back around this corner and, and, and heal myself? And it's, it's, it's some disadvantages because some people have gear where they can use the stem more often than others. So stems have cooldowns yes. is what you're saying because yes. that wasn't really conveyed very well in the announcement because all we saw was like people running behind then healing then running yeah. behind then healing. Yeah, so if you're and running so, that gear, that yeah. stem gear, that cooldown is is less than your regular cooldown. So the regular mm-hmm. cooldown seemed like it's going to be 20 seconds or so with the stem oh, gear. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's what it it's felt like. like. That's, what yeah. it, that's what it felt like because I kept looking at the meter as it's trying to do its thing and then once it finally popped back up, I was like, okay, now I can do it. But with, <laughs> with the other people who were running that gear, it seemed like they would get in a gunfight, back up, hit it, and then go back into a gunfight and then they, if they took some damage, they were doing it again. I was like, man, that's kind of unfair that they continually, yeah. they, they're getting it quicker than I, than I would get it if I needed it. So, I kept thinking maybe someone to drop like a package or something for me to to use, but you, you see that the time to kill was now set to one fifty, and man, I was noticing that where I was like, getting like I guess you get used to just shooting at someone, and you see that point the points pop up and you move on. There was times I was shooting at people, and I would be moving on to the next person, 
and they weren't they weren't dead. So it's like, oh my god, I gotta really focus <laughs> on this person. And like I wanted to like talk to you about that yeah. conversation because like we talked about mainly you know some the operator the pneumatic crash. Yeah. So if you guys didn't catch it, we did a conversation about the big health changes specifically. Right. Um, and yeah, we obviously had to keep it a little bit shorter. But yeah, so talking about those changes, it just changes obviously. Well, saying changes a bunch because there is so much different about Black Ops 4 and especially the pacing that they're trying to set. Um, Treyarch specifically said that they want to put the pacing in the players' hands. And yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. I mean, like just kind of going back to your point about Rainbow Six and saying, like, well, it looks like similar having these character classes and character classes aren't exactly new to Call of Duty. Like there have been these specialist roles before, but the way that they're positioning them is so much different because, Bobby, you were saying that you can only have one specialist. Right. Uh, type per team right so so i got stuck one time having to play crash which is the medic <laughs> he wasn't going to be my first choice but i, I <laughs> yeah I saying get kinda, stuck <laughs> yeah i, I got picked i yeah. picked him and yeah so i'm going okay his special ability is that he can boost up to four teammates so if read it's health or or some other thing like it wasn't really like i really didn't understand how it was working because i spent most of my time running around trying to find people because I guess you can uh, say if you're playing domination and fire breaks using that reactor n- nuke thing that he does where he's I guess uh, taking down the damage of people trying to capture a, a yeah. space you can sit behind him and get and boost him because I guess he starts taking some of the damage as he's doing that yeah but it's like well why don't I just kind of go around and and finish off the people why why would I stop right here to help you I mean and again it's a team game but I'm thinking in Call of Duty Everything's moving so fast. I don't see myself sitting there boosting him up. I'm trying because you're thinking if other people are coming to capture that point, I should be looking off to the left or looking off to the right or behind us because it's it's moving fast. So it's like some of the, for some of the game modes, I think it'd be okay to do that. But if we're playing TDM, I'm not going to be chasing you around to go. Okay, well let me make sure I got boost Ryan and then make sure I boost Jonathan and Miranda. Your guns down. You're going to take that shot. And what I noticed is that uh, after we did the conversation, I went uh-huh. back to the video of the gameplay. It's, it's some video on IGN. You can watch Domination and Control. But I went back and I saw as I was boosting you guys, I was getting a boost for my health. So I went from 150 to, I think, 225. And I did notice that it made a difference. I was like, man, I'm out here just laying people down, taking a little <laughs> bit of damage. So it did benefit me to do that. But it, it's just everything's moving so fast that I'm not thinking to do all of that. Yeah, yeah. so it's definitely been a lot of relearning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think teams that have a really good medic right. are going to have a great advantage. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I kind of pose a question to the community too. is like, hey, who actually wants to play a medic in Call of Duty? Like posing it with the idea of Call of Duty. Like I... I like to support and be a healer sometimes in certain games. Like in Dota 2, I really like being a support character. But when it comes to Call of Duty, Bobby, we were talking about how because the time to kill is so high and because there's so much... In a way, like Call of Duty is kind of a selfish game. Right. Like, yes, it is a team game, but ultimately, like, I don't really want to just focus on my team for every Call of Duty that I play. It's a competitive skill game. Yeah. It's like I want to run around and have the best KDRs I can unless it's like domination or something where we're capturing points. And I'll do my best to help them. But at the same time, I'm looking out for myself. And in this, it's forcing you to work together as a team. And I'm just curious to see how well the community is going to do at utilizing those mechanics. Yeah, so to piggyback on what she was saying about, like, you you like being a support. A lot of times when, when I was running with my squad, when we ran, like, I guess Black Ops 2 and Black Ops 1, or I guess you say go back to 
Cod Ghost because I think that's when they introduced the support streaks and uh, and some of the more support stuff. We look, we kind of looked at the person that was the noob on the team. It's like, well, you run that, but then you can drop down a ballistic vest for us. Or, hey, you carry the rocket launcher because that's your job to shoot down UAVs and score streaks while we're out, you know, slaying. So it was <laughs> in Call of Duty. I feel like, like you say, they had that mind frame of like, yo, what's how many kills do I have? Even if you lose, you're gonna blame the person. Well, you died 25 times, like. I went positive. So it's just that mind frame that you have as a Call of Duty player. Right. Like, like Call of Duty just taught it such a different way. People are like, well, healing and medic works for Battlefield, but Battlefield is such a different shooter. And like, that's the thing is like, you guys need to look at the time to kill. And like, is it worth playing a medic in this? But at the same time, like we haven't actually had a lot of hands on aside from the short demo that you guys had. So it's like one of those only time will tell sort of mm-hmm. deals and I'm not saying like if you want to play a medic you're dumb and it's like no you are an angel but <laughs> I'll probably like, be playing medic yeah I've skipped the, the last slayers few will actually just... appreciate you because yeah. Yeah. But if yes. they're running around and they don't because they don't necessarily have to be next to you as you're you're boosting them but yeah. again that was the thing I was like they're moving and then you're like holding the thing like okay so now the I cool press. thing too is that I think you also get your bonus health but you can heal people through walls right so like you can hide and just like camp somewhere if you need to just to get those heals done speaking um, my language now yeah <laughs> so i mean like there's definitely viable strategies with that and like of course like you were saying with the with the guy who did a nice space and takes damage you can buff that mm-hmm. person so that they're getting more kills and they're kind of being more offensive and doing that teamwork thing and it's going to be really valuable but it's also going to be like you really want to do that job right because like there's not a lot of glory in being a support especially right. on the scoreboard like at the end of the day you're probably gonna have more deaths than everybody else because you're the fodder people go after you first because you're the one healing the team and if you get rid of that person you can take on the more offensive people and so it's just like this whole loop of like how are they going to reward the support characters yeah. or the I, and medic if, character if, if there's a good answer to that question yeah. that's actually music to my ears because bobby bore firsthand witness to <laughs> <laughs> i got destroyed like absolutely wrecked at this event and i've and that's but that's always been call of duty and i have just never quite been on the same wavelength as far as meaning my skill in it mm-hmm. whereas halo that's sort of my that's that we're 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 we we just have this wonderful tight relationship i know how to play halo i i'm still decent at it even into my uh so-called old age gamer years you know i guess 25 and under is your is the prime of your your twitch <laughs> competitive career allegedly <laughs> but uh which i'm way past that but uh yeah call of duty and i have never quite gel i've just never been good at it but if i can actually be of use right. without twitch skills necessarily not and just being a, you know being a good healer and finding ways to hide and boost everybody else <laughs> then that 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 gives me an incentive to uh, or at least it gives me a way to have more fun in Call of Duty mm-hmm. than I typically do because I spent the whole the right. whole time playing Bobby. I'd watch these kill cams after I got shot again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these guys come around the corner on a fairly small map, sniper rifle in their hands, oh, and it would be of course. up, bang, down. I'm just right. like, what's what just happened? Right. How is that possible? You didn't even hit me in the head. It was like a, that was like in my kneecap, but apparently my whole body exploded. So. That's I'm I'm a hundred percent ready for a, a way to contribute in a, in a way that's not shooting people necessarily. See, and I think and they are moving in that direction because more of the casual fans who don't like who like yo I'm not as good at the game and it's it is that for them because when I was even looking for like my KD I'm like what is this damage contributing what is this what I contributed to I don't know how many kills I have and like when you're looking at like. 
the halftime of like a domination or a hard point, you're looking and it's like what well, damage dealt. So now it's based off how much score you've you've done rather than just the kill. So I'm like, yo man, just tell me how many kills and deaths I have right now. So in and at the bottom it'll say I guess Echo, which is enemies killed in action, and it'll tell you however many that is to your death. I'm like, okay, well I don't care about none of the other stuff, but <laughs> it, it may, it's making it like say playing domination or any objective game. It's basically telling you, okay, say if you're capturing the flag, you step off and you you die, you're still gonna get points for helping cap that flag. So it's yeah. it's it's basically the points are based off what are you contributing to and what damage are you doing. So it's so if you're saying like yeah, you don't have those twitch skills because they they're kind of I'm kind of in my twilight years too. Like I'm losing it too, <laughs> but you're gonna be rewarded for helping the team. Yeah, I'm all about that. Uh, now, Bobby, you I know you went back. You and I had been talking leading up to this event. You went back to Black Ops 3 and 2 before the event, a little bit after it, to sort of get, get yourself sort of to some context for, for your experience with Black Ops 4. How are you feeling about it? I know you've only played an hour and a half, two hours worth well, so I'm far. I'm say four hours because I, uh, you, I, well, I, kept, right. I kept going, you know what, guys, I didn't get a chance to play. Can I get in and play some more? <laughs> I, kept, I kept going back over and over. Good. I know you yes. told me, he told me he stayed after. But I didn't know, like, here in four hours, that's, that's music yeah. to my ear. That's good. I'm glad you got yeah, to do that. Yeah, when I went that. to track, I didn't get to play. So I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you got the pre-brief the day yeah. before at the studio, but they, they just tortured you. It was just a they're tease. Like, you they're like, oh, play. yeah, and everybody coming back tomorrow. We're going to have the hands-on and the interviews. I was like, I'm not coming back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but you, you, you did uh, hero's work, sort of getting, getting everything, all sort of the news and stuff ready to go to tag in Bobby and I to come in. Yeah. Uh, mainly Appreciate Bobby, actually. It. I was just... Yeah. Of course. So, so yeah, like what were your overall thoughts? Because we've talked a lot about the changes specifically with health, but there's obviously other things there too because there's the pacing and there's a team composition. And no more wall running. You know, that was a so big thing. That, yeah. that was on the ground. That was stuff. good because, like you say, I, I did go back to play some Black Ops 3 and I was having fun playing that. But then I started going, man, this wall running and, and people jumping. Up. Mm-hmm. I'm not built for that no more. So now that they've taken that out and all you can basically do is that little slide, that, that makes it pretty fun. And the another another big change that I didn't notice off right off the bat was now it's five v five and I kept going, is that just this custom match that you guys are setting up or is this actually what it's going to be? Because I guess most of the maps are now medium to small maps, mm. and I guess Aww. with with its six v six, it'll probably get <laughs> a little like bit maps. too clustered. So I guess that's maybe the reason why they went back down. And some well, other games actually do five v five too. I guess. Uh, well, I don't uh, play enough. I think is it Rainbow? I think Rainbow Six is five on five. I don't want to, and I'm, and I'm trying to make an unfair comparison right. and uh, trying to like beat yeah. this. I think it's also fair to here, compare but, different shooters. Yeah. I mean, they're all shooters. But, um, it's not not we're saying that one's better than the other. It's like they have similarities, <laughs> and that's fine. I feel Black Ops doesn't really compare well to Kingdom Hearts. But, uh, but otherwise, I mean, you may be surprised. Bobby, yeah, what, Kingdom Hearts Three is going in a different <laughs> direction than we expected. Well, you were just talking about Bobby with uh, feeling like it's scaling to you know smaller maps than before. I wonder if that's in part. Because they're going to push the larger scale experience to blackout, yeah, 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 yeah. and keep the, the rest of the game focused on on the the smaller, more intimate matches. Yeah, because I mean, when we were there, they were talking about it's going to be this how much more bigger for the Nuketown and fifteen hundred times. Yeah, because I was even getting thrown off. Makes I was like, so are we? Are we like because they're using vehicles? And I, was, I don't even remember using too many vehicles outside of like. World, World at, at war. war. Yeah, that's the only time I remember using like an actual vehicle to do something. So I'm going. I know we're gonna be able to swim, but I'm like, how are we getting around? And yeah. and I even asked, 
and like, how are we using? You're gonna are, are ride we, the UAV. Yeah, that, <laughs> and then I kept going. Are we gonna be using uh, score streaks? Because at that point, we were going away from the battle royale. So I'm just really like excited to see where we're going with this, and just like hurry up and give me the information. We mm-hmm. need to know how many players. How is this gonna go? Like. This is a lot. Yeah, I like that they're trying to integrate different parts of like famous Black Ops maps or like favorite maps into that. And the characters too. Yeah, Yeah, so they said they're going to have characters from all of the Black Ops franchise, including zombies. So they're going to have just a bunch of things kind of forced into this. And I'm really curious to see how that plays out as far as balance goes and how different it's going to feel from like regular multiplayer. Now, it's Bobby, you mentioned the the player count with Blackout. And it's like, you know, I don't want to make a huge deal out of it, but Hmm. they didn't say, they didn't give a player count at the thing. So at the event. So you and I had uh, two interviews, one-on-one interviews. The first one was, was with an Activision executive. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment. And the second one was with David Vonderhaar, the I guess he's the co-studio lead now. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. He's always the person when you talk about Treyarch. That's the name that I yeah, think of. Because he was, I think, the, I think he was the multiplayer lead for a while, but he's now moved his way up. And Mark Lamy is like even mm-hmm. higher up the executive food chain. But so we sat with both of those guys, uh, including with David. We, we, brought, we, you know, we brought it up like with the player count. I forget how exactly how I phrased the question, but... They just weren't touching that question at all. Did they answer whether or not there would be split screen? Wouldn't touch right. that either. <sighs> it, right. I, it was a very frustrating experience. I mean, not to not to get too yeah. in the weeds here for yeah. what for like our because no one cares. They just want the information. But they, you know, those things they have a set. They've all been like pre-trained by their PR people to only say certain things and stay on set. It's like just. You just save me, save us both a bunch of time if you just handed me a sheet with the approved things you're you're willing to say. And I don't, I don't. It's like it's, we didn't get anything out right. of it really. But um, except you and I were talking after the fact that they just specifically would not touch the uh, the blackout player count tells me it's not a hundred. Yeah. There's just no way because if it was, they would have said that'd so. That'd have been the first thing to yeah. open up the the conference. We're, we're our battle royale is going to yeah. be a hundred. Which boom, boom, boom. and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying 80s bad or 50s bad or whatever it's going to be. I'm I'm not judging it at all. I'm just saying like it's definitely not a hundred. I don't want to make too big a deal out of it. Mm. But yeah, like I think I think that's that was the that was the unspoken information i got out of it like all right this definitely is 100 players but we'll see what it is and we'll see how it plays and see how it works and because i know bobby i think you told me you've you've dabbled a little bit in in PUBG, PUBG. uh but but does the idea of a of a battle royale and call of duty appeal to you yeah and and that's what that's what it was and i think the thing that they keep harping on is this is call of duty's battle royale so for a person that plays call of duty multiplayer all i know is score streaks, perks, and, and, and all other things that come along with it. So it's like, is this going to be a battle royale based off a one-man person using score streaks to get kills? Because if that happens, I'm not. that's not going to be fun to me yeah, or to everyone else playing. All sorts of vehicles on this, too, because they're going to have it, they said, for land, sea, and air. And so exactly. Like, can people just, like, hide? Like, how are you limiting that? How far can those, like, water vehicles, like, actually get into the map kind of thing? So like, there's a lot of... A lot of questions. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard that it's going to be um, 
first person too. Like I thought, yeah. I thought they I would go, think so. I, yeah. I thought they were gonna maybe experiment with the third person. Well, that'd be weird. Before, yeah. but, I mean, because I mean, yeah, but Battle Royale, yeah, yeah. true. Like, I mean, I guess PUBG should... does have that first person mode. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you're right. It's not the primary way to play yeah, the game. So, mm-hmm. if we oh, could God. just finally get to that part where player count and just tell me, are we using perks? Like, are we picking perks up uh, as like part of a like a a load or is like I just. Just those few things. You don't even have to really show me that. Just tell me what I can do, and I'll go, okay, well, I'll wait to see what happens. Yeah. But just being in the dark like this, you're just like, okay, you got two other games that I know of that are really doing this Battle Royale part really well. So it's like you're going to have to come out swinging. I have a quick question. Did the Fog of War on the minimap change your game at all? I think I used it because uh, I know I know there's actually uh, – Because there's, um, there's a recon specialist – that gives you that vision on your mini map with one of his tools. See, I don't remember which person that was, but I think there's even a. His name's Recon. Uh, oh, so he is Recon. Yeah. Okay. And I think there's a perk that you can uh, attach that's called the Fog of War Two, where I think it expands the mini map. But I don't. Okay. Re- I don't even remember really it affects because a lot of times <laughs> when, when I was out there running around. I was just trying to get the lay of the land. I was tired of getting killed. Oh, sure. Like, learning the math is like, <laughs> the hardest part. So a lot part. of that stuff, I've actually just went back and watched the gameplay that I captured. And was going, oh, that's when I told you. I was like, hey, maybe the medic not that bad because he's losing <laughs> the health. And that's why I haven't died in a while. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Because when they explained that, I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. But, yeah, for the most part, I like how it was more like, like in your immediate space where you just seen what was happening around you. And then once you start getting close to the enemy, then it lit up. And I was just like, well, I'm just listening right now to see yeah. if someone's coming in my own footsteps. So I kind of just was going off just like the muscle memory of playing. Okay. So Bobby Miranda, to big, big Call of Duty fans, how are you feeling right now after after this reveal? How are you feeling about, about Black Ops 4? Mm-hmm. You, go, you go first. I'm curious. <laughs> like, I, I obviously am questioning a lot of this tactics just because I feel like unless you have a really good group of people to play with, making use of those tactics with a team is going to be really hard. Just because I think the way we're, play- we're kind of trying to play Call of Duty, it's not super team oriented it's a lot of like one man army like I, yeah. I, we're working together but at the same time we're not I'm like i'm not covering you like we, maybe i will but i'm also just trying to steal your kill so <laughs> i don't i think call of duty is inherently kind of a selfish game in like how you play um so unless like i said you have like a really good group of people it's going to be harder to make use of that blackout might be the ultimate selfish version of call of duty i want to be the last yeah, person so standing I, I'm, I'm just very curious and of course i want to get hands on and i do want to touch play the medic and see how that goes and like whether or not it feels really viable for a time to kill and like i said i think teams with a really great medic are going to do really well yeah what do you say bobby um, so after four hours of <laughs> gameplay so the, and we're curious about you so it's, and so and here's the thing so of all of us, I'm the one that played it the most, yeah. and we played. I played it on like the system link setup where every there's no lag and everything yeah. is running well. So I was I walked out of there going, okay, well, it's Call of Duty next, you know, <laughs> Call of Duty again. And 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 again, I had a lot of questions about just you know the specialists in multiplayer and how how that's going to go because I'm gonna be mad if because Miranda says she's gonna start playing Call of Duty with me because a lot of my friends don't play anymore. <laughs> they they're moving on to Rainbow Six and everything else. So just seeing. How you know picking the specialist work and utilizing them in the multiplayer? Will I do it or will the people on my team do it? Building a loadout for that specialist too, right. and like, but if that specialist gets picked, like, do you have backups ready and like that kind of thing? Exactly. So I I, I enjoyed what I played. I mean, it it did, felt like. Did you come out of the event feeling better, worse, or the same about about this game as what you were kind of thinking and expecting coming into that event? 
Um, I guess you could say I came out slightly more excited good, good. in the okay. beginning. In That's, the beginning, it was kind of just like, hmm. yeah, because again, <laughs> I thought we were gonna get in there. Maybe I was just naive, but I was like, man, we're gonna get to see this battle royale. Even that, maybe not even play it, but just see it. You know, see it in action. You know, and the zombies. I like zombies, but I don't play it that often. And I, I mean, I'm excited for the ones who do play it because they're gonna release with three maps. And they're going to have all these new things you could do where, you know, challenges and weekly challenges and things like that. So I think that'd be cool because I, I left out going, OK, I don't play the campaign anyway that I'll, no more. So well, there's a lot of content a lot of people are here. really well, that's about that. That's exactly where I wanted to finish this conversation, mm-hmm. actually, is, uh, you know, it, to me, it was clear in that in that live stream reveal where it was like, We've got a blackout mode, and we've got uh, our usual multiplayer suite, and we've got three zombies maps. It was the, hey, look, we still have lots of content, even though we don't have a campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are either one of you? I know, Bobby, you had said last time you were on, you you don't mind that there's no the, the sixty dollars is the same to you because you don't play the campaign anyway. Right. You still you still feel I that still way. Still feel the same yeah. way. I mean, for the most part. The campaign isn't like this 50-hour trek. It's six hours at the most. Right. I don't see people going back and replaying. Because that was another thing they were saying, like the replayability. Like you're going to be playing zombies and all in the Battle Royale and, and the multiplayer. Like that's where your replayability is at. So for me, I'm looking at it as I don't mind. I mean, 60 bucks. I feel like people are complaining about it. But if they see, if they see something as Battle Royale and the zombies and multiplayer that they like or love, they're going to cash out. I'm sure they have the data too to show how many people play right. the single player, and obviously we, how many people stay. Finish it too. Yeah, like I, I tend to play, so I haven't really played black, uh, any Call of Duty multiplayer in the last few years, but I always make sure to try to play the single player campaign just because that's <laughs> more my style. But I totally understand on like a financial and a like player base uh, point of view to not include it, to not use all those resources. We straight up. I, we said exactly that to David Vonderhaar. I was like, you probably, you, you guys, pro- I'm sure you guys have the data on who plays it, who finishes it. And he was like, yeah, we absolutely do. We absolutely mm-hmm. do. But then he still just wouldn't, you know, I was but trying to, that's where I was can you tell to us? that question <laughs> about, data? about sort of the decision to, you know, double down on multiplayer and, and, you know, bail out on the campaign. But he just, yeah, he was just not, mm-hmm. not giving us anything, unfortunately. But, and then, so Miranda, how about you? Do you so, is, is the, how's the value proposition feeling for you? Uh, after yeah. this event. So now. Treyarch is saying that there is still a single player experience in the solo missions that give kind of like background stories to the specialist right. as characters, which I think is really cool. But to be completely honest, like when I think of Call of Duty, I think of multiplayer. Mm. And I rarely ever play the campaigns until I started working here. And they're yeah. like, oh, you need a review. And like, we're going to talk about this. I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll play them. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I'd start them and kind of get a feel from, but they were never really my focus. Um, but I definitely feel for the people that are disappointed by this change. Cause I understand like some people don't get a ton of games. Like if this is one of their games and they really do enjoy those, those campaigns, then yeah, I, mean, I can see how that's a letdown for sure. So I hope, I mean, maybe next year they'll put a campaign in the next one, but it's also not Treyarch. So it's like right. the infinity awards turn next year. Yeah. So every studio likes to do things differently and Treyarch really likes to do things different <laughs> so, as they so, mentioned. Same question for you. Do you feel uh, better, the same or worse about black ops Four coming out of it than you did coming into well, this coming event? out of this conversation? I feel better knowing <laughs> that Bobby felt better after playing for four hours <laughs> because like ultimately for me, it comes down like 
reveals and announcements are cool, but it's a lot of like bloated talk from the PR people and from the studio. Saying, it is. Like, Look at all these cool things. Yeah. I'm just like, cool, but can I play it? Like, mm-hmm. I want to get the feel first before I have really any judgment for it. All right. But, well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see when they give us a crack at blackout mode. I'm sure that'll come at some point between yeah. now and October, no doubt. Uh, so next up, I want to get to proper news. We're already just we're like neck deep into the show already. We're going to run out of time, but I did want to talk about the new Halo game that got announced. <laughs> Finally. Finally. We've all been waiting for it. It's Halo 6. No, mm. it's not Halo 6. Uh, this came out of nowhere. This was on the Inside Xbox show last week that Microsoft does uh, every month now. Halo Fireteam Raven. And if you're wondering, okay, well, that sounds like some sort of ODST-like spinoff. You'd be wrong, but that's okay. Uh, it is it is not at all what you would expect. Almost right. Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah, it does. <laughs> you are playing as ODSTs. I think this is super cool. Let me tell you about it if you haven't heard. It is, again, Halo Fireteam Raven, and it's Microsoft and 343 partnering up with external developers, raw thrills and play mechanics. Now, what's funny about this is, uh, like, either th- I think the day of or maybe the day before – I was walking around uh, downtown Santa Monica, including the Santa Monica Pier, which is where Judges Week basically is anchored around. And there's an arcade. There's still an arcade, one of the (laughs) few left standing on the Santa Monica Pier. And there was uh, a Terminator Salvation arcade game, which is sort of a similar like, you know, just a a shooter. You know, you you have a gun uh, accessory mounted on the cabinet and you're just shooting your way through the sort of events of Terminator Salvation. And it was just, you know, it was just running. Uh, nobody was playing it. But it came up with the – it just started playing the credits as, as arcade cabinets do. And it was – I took notice of oh, it just said play mechanics. And then literally the next day, here we go. It's that same – so experienced arcade developer here in play mechanics with raw thrills. And it's uh, – it drops players in the role of ODST soldiers on the surface of Alpha Halo during the events of Halo 1 fighting alongside Master Chief against both the Covenant – and the flood. So you get to play all the soldiers that die around you. Combat <laughs> <laughs> <that> evolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this thing, this is a legit arcade game. This is not. Uh, this is not something that. W- this is not going to translate to the Xbox One. Not happening. You. It, it, the cabinet is a uh, uh, 130-inch 4K display. Four players. It's the four like mounted sort of warthog type gun turrets. Uh, and, uh, they, you're just, it, it's a light gun shooter. It's a super fancy high, you know, high deluxe, high end, uh, light gun shooter. And it, it's, yeah, the, the, the cabinet is 11 feet cubed. That's <laughs> which I know there's it's hard, kind of hard to have context for that, but it's big. It's a yeah. large cabinet. You have four people and four mounted gun stations. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty large. It, I mean, if you, we just, if you were watching on video, you just saw part of the trailer, but, uh, and here we go, go again. again. But yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen it, I mean, this, I thought this looked really cool. This, it was making a lot of Halo fans mad just because everybody's just pining for six sure. right now. And they're like, what is oh, this? This is fun. Yeah. And it's here's, here's like the it's thing taking away development resources. Yeah. From- <laughs> That's the key. I think, yeah. you know, whether 343 didn't make it clear enough or people just didn't want to hear it, I'm not sure. Maybe a little of both. Yeah. This, this is 343 is not worth, there, there's like probably one producer 
that's sort of overseeing this. See how the assets are being used. Exactly. This is not impacting the development of Halo 6 in wherever and whatever shape it's in. Can you guys imagine someone walking into the 343 office and be like, guys, stop everything. We're making an arcade game. (laughs) But we almost have Halo 6 done. No, No. scrap it. We got to just start over. No. Um, No, I love things like this. Like, they're just so fun. I remember when they did the Mass Effect, like, ride. Oh, at at, uh, Great America. Great America. Yeah, like, that's so cool. Like, these little fun extra experiences that take you out some, like, some theme park or this, in this case, um, Dave and Buster's, I believe. Uh, I I just love those experiences. Have you guys played the Luigi's Mansion? No, but that I've so never so even fun. seen that. Yeah, oh, yeah they I've have seen a, some video there's a lot in Japan, but there's one I think in an arcade in like Concord or something. And huh. some, they're around here. That sounds for sure. phenomenal. But yeah, they're, like, they're really fun, like just extra experiences that you wouldn't, you can't get, of course, yeah. at home. The one I you know, just neat. One I played know. recently, not to get this yeah. too off topic, but um, my I my I took my nephews to an arcade down in the South Bay and near their house, uh, and there was a, a Walking Dead. Our, same thing, a light gun shooter. It was great. Like, it was yeah. really well, like, you know, because now I'm coming at it as a jaded, uh, you know, person who does what we do, where I see a million games all the time. And, you know, my my sort of standard for quality is a little higher, I think. Whereas when I was a kid, it's just like any anything in the arcade was like, ah, this is so cool. <laughs> but this Walking Dead game was really good. And I have no doubt that this uh, Halo Fireteam Raven, really fun. it looks fun. The, yeah. the graphics are nice and crisp and, and it runs great. And, um, yeah, it just looks fun as heck and, and I can't wait to try it. And as you noted, Miranda, it is, uh, it is a timed exclusive with <laughs> David Busters, which are there any, there so really, we, uh, are there any other arcades left outside? Uh, I mean, just the, like uh, your isolated eight, seven, some number there's th- that arcade chain. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There are uh, there's some other chains out there, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. Let's go the, field trip to David Busters. I'd be down <laughs> for that. GameWorks yeah. is Gone? Are they out of business? Um, I think I saw one a few years ago. I don't know. Uh, in any case, oh, there is a Dave and Buster's not far from IGN. So as soon as we, as uh, soon as that that location gets this, we will go. We will bring you lots of off-screen gameplay video and, and impressions. in arcade review. I mean, we'll review it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do wiki. <laughs> don't worry about it. Perfect. Sleep um, all night. Can you do it all from the Dave and Buster's? I yeah, could. Just, just do a live video review from the Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Perfect. Just live stream from yeah, Dave and Buster's. Exactly. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Bobby. Have you have you gotten to take uh, take your son over? Have you f- find yourself in an arcade ever and share that sort of experience um, with your child? Oh yeah, we've we've have we done David Buster's? I think uh, no. We Chuck E. Cheese. That that's yeah. always <laughs> been. Both of my kids have had birthdays at Chuck E. Cheese, and my son is like I say he, he likes those interactive roller coaster type things where you sit in it and a chair moves. Yeah, I love those. He too. likes those things. You know, like he'll get on the little gun mounted things, but not really care for it. He just wants to get on the. Interactive roller coasters or play the uh, we we shoot hoops together because that's nice. the thing basketball so he just huh? does those two. yeah awesome so uh, yeah keep an eye on this if you have a Dave and Buster's near you you can just take a look on their website to see if there's one close by but it is it is coming to Dave and Buster's this summer so hmm. we'll see exactly what that means pretty soon but um, it did lead me to one other thought uh, and that is the ongoing mystery that is Halo Six we haven't seen it. It's it's acknowledged mm-hmm. that it exists by three four three of course. Yeah, they said they're still working on it. So so here's here's my question: is let's just take the hype of that. I think we all think it's got to be at E three this year. Yeah, some sort of teaser. But what if it isn't? Just what if there was mm-hmm. a world where, like, what if it wasn't? Because 
it, we, again, we've heard nothing, zero about this. Um, and Halo 5, the reason, just let me build my case here for a second. Not only have we heard nothing about it, but Halo 5 continues to be, to, continues to get ongoing support, very strong support from 343. The, the uh, competitive league is going very strong. It's, there's a real, a real good community. I mean, what, what if 6 is further out than we think it is? I think I'd be okay with that as much as I want another Halo. Like, I really do. Um, just looking at Halo 5's campaign in particular, if they need more time to figure it out, <laughs> please, please just figure it out. Like, I believe. I want I a better campaign experience. Like, because I love Halo Story, and I, I loved Halo 5, and I love how it played, but the campaign definitely saw some sort of massive change somewhere in development you can just feel it as you're playing the game mm-hmm. like there's an yeah. obvious shift there and so I, I want them to get it right so yeah. if that means any more time then okay oh yeah i would much rather they take the time they need for that because as someone who grew up with those campaigns meaning so much to me and with yeah. the multiplayer being so much the multiplayer as you were saying is still going very strong and i haven't really dipped into it since the game launched but it's still there and still Excellent. I've yeah I really have had sort of an itch to go back to it seeing people playing recently but knowing that obviously the 5 campaign for me wasn't as strong as past ones I would be more than happy if they waited another year or two and refined what they need to refine and really amped it up and really figure out what the next step in multiplayer is because obviously people love the multiplayer as it is so why break that if it's still yeah. working You guys are being real generous to that campaign I still had fun with it. I, I mean, I did the guide, and I, I liked it. I think I was let down because we didn't get to know Blue Team very well. I was like, you guys yeah. brought them back and then ignored them? How dare you? Yeah. Oh, it's it's nowhere near my favorite of the series. Yeah. It's it's down there for me, absolutely. But it's it's something where the older campaigns are such a fondly looked at thing for me as they are for so many players that I would want the next campaign to really get the time and deserves. Yeah. So see, here's – if I, I go down the rabbit hole with this in my own mind because, <laughs> again, like – Halo, I've, I've loved Halo since the beginning, like a lot of people, and it means a lot to me. And 5 burned me very badly very in, in the campaign department. Mm. I, mean, I did a whole podcast about it. Um, what, what if, if, if it's further out? Because I kind of feel like 6 is like a last chance before, before they would risk permanent damage to the brand. If yeah. the 6 campaign... It has has is is uh, poorly received. Let's put it that way. Hmm. As fives was, I think Microsoft and three four three risk a per, some level of permanent damage to the Halo brand. Maybe that's total hyperbole. Maybe I'm you know I'm just maybe that's a real dumb hot take. People will no doubt <laughs> no doubt let me know in the comments. But putting thinking about that and thinking about how successful and supported the multiplayer continues to be if it is taking longer and suddenly we're looking at 2019 the thought occurs to me and i just want to get your guys take before we move on because we're nearly out of time already what if combined with the first party situation on xbox what if 343 and microsoft just what if we don't see halo 6 until it's a launch title on the next xbox i'm just gonna throw it out there is that, is, I, is that ridiculous? I feel like that'd be really far. What if yeah. it's so far? Tw- could be 2020. Well, nobody knows, but yeah. you know, what if, what if it's, we're, we're hearing, tw- you know, we're hearing Sony talk about sort of 2020, March 2021 for sort of the sunset of the PS4. What if, what if the Xbox, we don't know if it's going to be 20 or 
20 or 21. I'm not going to say the whole thing. It's confusing. <laughs> I mean, odds are it's it's going to be a, somewhere in that two-year window. Sure. Do you Do you just pull Halo 6 back, get it firing on all cylinders, take it to the next level from a technological perspective, and come out swinging on the next Xbox with Halo as a I launch. I think though. if they were doing that, they needed to do like the Breath of the Wild stance with that. Nintendo did put it on both consoles. So like the Why, Wii U and I, that. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. doubt that would happen at all because yeah. because of Microsoft's commitment to, you know, the family Supporting, of yeah. consoles. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could see them doing that. I think that'd be too long. I mean, I just said, oh, it'll take all the time you need, but I'm just like, whoa, next console. I don't know it about would be that. Years. <laughs> it would be, so that would be five years between Halo 5 and Halo 6 if that That happened. would need to be like, but I don't it, know. I'd have G- such high expectations for it. Yeah. Multiplayer's going strong. Yeah. GTA does five years every yeah, that's, time now. That's GTA. But Halo's <laughs> a big deal, too. It is, but like, what has been the longest development cycle between each game? Three years. Three years, it's yeah. It's always been three years. So like five is just, that's a, but, that's a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you can't let past history necessarily in, you know, dictate mm-hmm. what you're going to do. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I may be just talking crazy I, here. I think it would also depend very much. Bobby's over there nodding. Yeah, you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you draw the line in the sand. When I was younger, I was I was always a Call of Duty person. So oh, oh guys, I see, I see. So I'm going to see you guys talk about it. I'm just like, well, I'm not going to play it anyway. <laughs> it don't matter to me. So I was, take I was all the time a, they won't. No, Halo yeah. first, then move to Call of Duty. You say that, though. <laughs> your boy might want to play co-op with you yeah. with the next Halo role. Because Halo is such a great co-op if game. If it has it. Well... Mm. It better. I think they learned the split screen lesson. Yeah, after split Halo screen's 5. kind of important. They, they, yeah. They've publicly acknowledged that they've learned that lesson. But I don't know. I, maybe I'm nuts, but I'm I, just I, saying if we don't see Halo 5, 6 at E3 this year, which I obviously I hope we do, but if for some reason it's it's MIA, then I, I got to wonder if maybe they might be better off just holding back and doing it launching it with the, with the next hardware. I mean, it would make a amazing launch title, uh, just a, yeah. a press release to say, here's the next, here's Halo 6, the end of the second trilogy. Like, here's the thing you've been waiting for for so long, launching alongside the console. I yeah. could see that amazingly. Another factor which we just obviously can't have insight into is what else they have in the next few years. Right. But- I think that's kind of part of my apprehension. It's like, what else do they push besides Gears? And like, obviously they have Forza, but... What else are you going with? Also, because the next console just seems so far away. I don't know why. It just feels like <laughs> it'll be here before you know it, though, yeah, Miranda. Sure, it will be. <laughs> it'll be here before we know it. The, I mean, these machines. This is year five. The, these it's are so going to be yeah. turning five this year. No, it feels so young in the. <laughs> I just bought my Xbox. No, <laughs> I just wouldn't it, launch it. You know, because of the because of the Xbox One yeah. S and the X that it doesn't it feel feels, like it. Yeah, but it, this is a five year. This yeah, you know, we're going on five years here. Playing with my day one Xbox yeah, though. Me too. Got upgrades from just now. Maybe right. not then. Maybe so, I'll wait. Uh, we'll see. I can see all the all, I can see all the old man Ryan is senile comments <laughs> popping up right now. But all right, we are out of time. We'll we'll maybe get to a couple of these other topics next week. Uh, yeah. But for now, uh, we'll just go. We'll just. I mean, really, the only notable game release this week on the Xbox side. You know, there's the usual sort of assortment of ID titles, but State of Decay Two. State of Decay Two. It's yeah. all for everyone. Yeah, we. Uh, and yeah, that's right. Game Pass, big way to, to check that game out. Of course, also, it's 30 bucks if you're just mm-hmm. buying retail. So uh, there is that Ultimate Edition, but which gets you the DLCs. 7.5, says IGN's Dan Stapleton. I don't necessarily disagree with him based on what I played. The 7.5 is good. It's a good game. It's got 
all the same technical problems <laughs> as the original. You'd expect. Dis- despite being on a new console and running on a new game engine, it unfortunately still has... It definitely the- looks nicer, has nicer colors, yeah. but then still has those issues. <laughs> yeah. Like, but oh, it- look, there's a zombie dropping out of the sky. How wonderful. <laughs> but it is still such a fun game yes. with fun systems to interact with. So, yeah, it can't, I, I do recommend people give it a try at mm-hmm. the very least. And also check out our wiki. And if you have any questions about Save Decay 2 or having trouble with something, please, please, please let me know. You can tweet at me at Havocgross. I'm running our guide and working with a freelancer on that. And we want to make sure we're covering all the things that people actually have questions with because, of course, it's procedurally generated. So it's really hard to write a guide that fits to everybody's needs. We want to know what people need help with. Right. All right. Real quick, I just want to we'll do the unlock block trivia. Test your guys Xbox knowledge here. Uh, This is a good one. So this month's IGN Unfiltered guest is none other than the creator of the Xbox himself, Seamus Blackley. We had an awesome hour-and-a-half conversation. So uh, real quick, you know what? We'll just save it for next week. No, we'll I'm getting so I'm long. getting the go sign. Yeah, we actually so, are, yeah, had we're a way countdown over. that just ended. Turns and out <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Call of Duty took up the entire Sorry. show. Sorry. And, Sorry. and no. the Halo thing. I no, that's, but this is okay. That's, this, I am... Those were good chats. Those were good conversations about those games. I'm glad we did them. So instead, God, is it really been like an hour point? already? I could. Can you just give me a point? Do you want me to? Yes. Well, I've been gone so much. I've been gone like four weeks that's total. Participation we'll talk later. points. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I do implore you to check out IGN Unfiltered. Check out that interview with Seamus Blackley. He, he really is like he uh, – it's just an awesome person to talk to. Brilliant guy. Very much a renaissance man. Uh, he's brilliant in a number of ways, not not just making uh, video game consoles. <laughs> so please check that out uh, on IGN or YouTube or even iTunes as well. Bobby, where can we uh, follow your your exploits? At Bobbia1984 on Twitter. Excellent. Jonathan? Uh, I'm at JM Dornbush on Twitter. Excellent. You guys are keeping it short and sweet. Oh, yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. Miranda? I'm at Havoc Rose, and let's have it with a K, as I said earlier. Fantastic. Use our guides. All right. It was, a, <laughs> it was an action-packed episode three, four, seven. I didn't even get to half the things I said yeah, in the have... opening, which is going to make this, sh- this show real weird for people that get to the end and go, wait, what about this, this, and this? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. We... <laughs> That's how these things go sometimes. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. E3's getting close.